Hey, what's up? You are listening to the Beats and Beans podcast, an unscripted conversation about everything music over a caffeinated beverage. Discovering sounds and artists then, now, and everything in between. It's amazing to be here finally and, and be able to sit here and do this with you, man. It's, um, I think we have shared our love for music for such a long time. Because we met, what, 2000? Was it 2015, 2016? Mate, I can't even remember the, when, when my birthday is, let alone. Okay, I'm probably asking <laughs> the wrong person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember when I lived with you in yeah. your mom's house yeah, and yeah. I slept on your sofa. But yeah. every single time that I got home from work, for some reason, I was always home after you most nights, but there was always music playing, yeah. regardless of the the day, um, the the time. There was always a tune going on in the background. But um, to be doing this with you now, man, I think it's it's going to be an amazing way for us to kind of give a platform to a lot of different artists who are still trying to find their way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we can kind of tell everyone a bit more about us and and our so. background in, in music at least. Oof. Oh, are we starting? Who's starting? You? Me? Okay, yeah, go for I guess it, I can start. Yeah, so, um, yeah, well, you know who I am, but for those of you guys that are watching, I'm Jamie. Um, music, music, music. To be fair, I, well, I still have a great passion for music. I think my passion for music started because my dad used to be a DJ back in the day. Um, yeah, like South London DJ, toured a bit. Um, huge record collection. My first... Um, record that he gave me not even bought me but he gave me was actually michael jackson's off the wall vinyl mm. um i remember i used to like bust these balls just being like can i get like, can i get my own record player um my dad being my dad he, you know he got me one not brand new from a car boot sale but i was still happy with that i was yeah, able to back play in fashion now yeah too as well. tell me about it <laughs> they're more expensive now so um actually speaking about that, i actually picked up my record player he bought me um, so I've got that at home. Haven't been able to use it yet. Um, so yeah, so music passion started from there really. And then, um, it, it, you know, when I was living with my dad, because my parents split when I was living with my dad, um, same thing. Music was always mm. on. Every birthday, he used to get me the pure uh, R&B album because mm. they used to come out each time close to my birthday. So I used to have one each year um, and sometimes got the summer hits. Um, and then I actually grew up wanting to become a musician. So um, I was singing a lot, singing in church, um, playing guitar, songwriting. Um, yeah, loved it. But uh, I, don't know, I don't really know what happened, to be honest. Life gets in the way. Life That's gets in the way. Um, Long-winded story, but that is kind of my story. Of hey, how it's, it is kind of mad listening to that. I, I'm pretty sure you've told me this story before, but it's it kind of refreshes the memory a little bit. But it makes me think about my background because a lot of the music influence in in my household does come from my dad he was in a beatles beatles cover band i guess you'd call it no um, i'm pretty sure i've told you this before no, no. that's so so he he was a drummer he is a drummer by trade um he and his his best friends when they were growing up in school um i think it was in the 60s um he was the drummer so he was technically ringo star 
Um, but even to this day, he loves his music. There's always music going on in the house. Probably not R&B. He's more of like a classical um, kind of old school rock type of guy. Okay. Um, okay. But he's always singing, man. Whenever you see my dad, he's always got a tune going in the background. He's always vocalizing or whistling or whatever it is. Um, but that's where a lot of the influence came from me. And I think that kind of generated a lot of the kind of deep-rooted passion for music, as, as deep as that sounds. Um, <laughs> but we were, we were saying just earlier about how life can obviously take you in different directions. I don't, I don't want to kind of delve too deep into that. But for me, it was either I choose sports or I choose music. Um, in hindsight, I kind of wish I kept going down the other way. Yeah. Um, but obviously, things like sports kind of get kind of grip onto you so um that's that's kind of where the idea of this comes from and um for everyone listening the the biggest influence for me growing up as a kid was probably my sister and my brother we had this really old well really old now but it was probably new at the time a 1997 nissan venet um, <laughs> but it was just like this little minivan um, and I always remember my sister and my brother, they were sat in the front seat, they had their little cassette tapes, um, pop it on. Obviously at the time you'd have to make your own mixes as well. And yeah. when you say burn, that was more CDs, right? That was CDs, yeah. So whenever they played on, there would always be like Lauryn Hill, Biggie Smalls, like the real classic golden era hip, uh, hip hop. But I think that's kind of where most of the influence for me has come from, for my taste now. That's so dope. That's so dope. It's quite funny you say that because um, I actually remember back to like, you know, so yeah, like I said, my dad was a DJ. My uncle, his younger brother, um, he also really loved music as well. So I remember um, he bought me an MP3 player back in the day. So like I think I graduated from the CD player because I used to always carry one with me on the road, like whenever we'd drive back from Kent to London. And mm. But he bought me an MP3 player because he kind of was like, that's a bit clunky and you're only able to listen to like two <laughs> CDs, three CDs at a go. So that was amazing. And then what he did though, is he actually uploaded some songs. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, this was like, you know, he had some D'Angelo on there, music soul child, like pure hardcore neo soul stuff. It was so dope. Like I literally remember that because I remember he used to play like, some good songs in his car. He used to have like this orange banana, not orange, but orange banana. Orange. He used to have this yellow Fiat, um, and yeah, tunes, tunes galore. Like it had garage in there, like it, everything you could dream of uh, for an urban kid. Yeah. <laughs> See that? That's one genre I feel like I missed out on growing up was like the garage and jungle scene. Because I don't know, growing up in the Philippines, it was. Um, the, the music influence there, I'd say, is very kind of American. And I think that comes a lot from the, the, the war days and whatever. But most of the influence is kind of Americanized, which is why I sound the way I sound. Um, <laughs> I knew you like that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think nowadays uh, it is still very much the same sort of route for music. Um, very much mainstream. You don't really get a lot of visibility for the smaller artists. Um, and I think that's why we were so excited to do this as well, because yeah. because of that deep rooted passion um, for the music. Yes, we may not be musical now. You probably more so than I am. Um, but ultimately, I think to, to be able to create a platform where we can kind of give artists that visibility and, and be able to give them a, a wider audience. Yes, yeah. we are probably still small 
Um, but as time goes on, who knows? It's literally like the old age way of trading, isn't it? You know, word of mouth. Word of mouth, word of mouth yeah. is the strongest. Um, of course, you have social media, which is great, but nothing beats good old word of mouth. Whenever you tell someone about a song, like I think I listen to music more when someone speaks to me about it than when I get sent a link. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, I'll just listen to that later. Yeah. But if someone's like gone and just shown me it or they're talking to me about it and they're like, oh, this tune is, and they're so excited about it, mm. you're then like, oh my God, I want to listen to this tune yeah, too. Yeah. Ah. That's so true. So, um, so yeah, word of mouth is powerful. And it's so much easier now as well. Like, yeah. It just made me think you were talking about like cassette tapes yeah. uh, a minute ago. <laughs> Sharing music back then, you would literally, I mean, at the point where I was really kind of getting ingrained into listening to music was when the the CDRs came out and you had the PCs, you had, you had a burner <laughs> drive and then the drive that you actually read the CDs on. But you'd, you'd literally make, I don't know, 10 to 15 songs as a playlist on a CD. Um, and I used to have the, the little zip books with the pages with the CDs on it. And then I you- I think I've still got that somewhere. Yeah. Like. And like, if you want to share something, you'd be like, take the CD with you. Yeah. Whereas now, you just get on Spotify, you click share, yeah. you send it to someone on WhatsApp yeah. or iMessage, whatever it is. And yeah. I think it's created a much more accessible way for musicians to kind of be seen, which I think is really cool. Oh yeah, because like, you know, there's there's some artists that you know that we were excited about mm. and that we're excited about having on the podcast. Yeah. That I don't think if we didn't have the likes of Spotify, oh, it, it would have been really hard difficult. to find them. Um, yeah you'd really have to be in the, in that scene. Mm. Um, but one thing I love about music streaming sites is the ability to be able to create a radio off of mm. one song or artist. Yeah. And then it gives you, you know, the algorithm works and it gives you other songs, artists similar. Yeah. I think that's dope. Like m my knowledge on, or my memory on the name of songs and the name of who sung it, who yeah. rapped on it is really bad. Like, I cannot remember what I listened to in the car today, mm -hmm. but I, I literally keep it on that radio and I'm just like, yep, save, yeah. follow, like. Obviously not, not when I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> save, Disclaimer. follow, like. Um, and, and yeah, like it, I think just just that, the algorithm mm. for that is pretty sick. It just, it, I don't know, it makes, it makes discovering a lot more easy. Yeah. Because as, as you said, there are a lot of artists that I feel I wouldn't have come across and yeah. I mean, the, the, our, our first guest on the podcast is someone that I came across quite early in the journey of kind of building up um, the idea behind this. And I think when, we, when I spoke to you about him, you're like, yeah, he's got a kind of different sound. And I don't know, the, the, the way that I describe him, I'm not going to um, throw out too much just yet. Um, but when you think about the moves with the yeah. um, modern day James Brown with the kind of neo soul hip hop kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. Um, but he's also a performer, which I think is quite rare these days. Oh yeah. Um, Cause music now, when I think back to the nineties and maybe two thousands of hip hop and rap, those were probably the best days for music for me, yeah. um, hands down. And I, I think nowadays raps kind of evolved into a, I don't know the right word to use here. It's evolved into a a different kind of platform for people to express thoughts that not everyone can relate to. That makes sense. No, it's music yeah. without meaning. And to yeah. be honest, there's a few other you know big musicians, big stars that have said the same thing. Mm. Um, but I think you know 
one of the things um, that I think is different onto the point that you mentioned was that back then, artists had to hustle to get their music out. You know, you had to be a performer. You had yeah. you had to do more. Like now, I think it's so easy and accessible to become a musician. Um, and, you know, it's so easy, or maybe not easy, easy is not the right word, but it's so accessible to become viral for something that, you know, you, you could just put one video up or, or someone can post a video of you singing whilst you're cleaning the house and then boom, viral. Back then, it was like, it, it was kind of like, they built a following, you know, they obviously they, they, you know, they hustled their own way, sold their mixtapes. I'm not saying that we have to go back to that, yeah. but I'm saying, uh, you know, we, you know, some artists do need to think about how they're marketing themselves. It's all about brand identity, right? It's all about that. Like yeah. at the end of the day, you are a brand, you're a personal yeah, brand as a musician. Um, and some people that do it really well, do really well. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's, it's, Again, I'm not going to say it's easy because I'm, I haven't tried it, but it's just, yeah, I feel like the, the, the hustle and the grind for wanting that is a lot different. The reasons for wanting it is a lot different. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of connect that with what we're doing here, right? Like, I want to give a massive shout out to our sponsors, Batch Coffee Club. They are a specialty coffee subscription team that brings independent coffee brands into the limelight. And they give micro roasters a place to share their flavors with a larger audience, which is very similar to what we're trying to do here at Beats and Beans. By creating a completely personal approach to your morning brew, Tom and Laura give coffee lovers the opportunity to try two different coffees in each subscription box. From just £15.50 a month, you can get one of their fancy boxes, um, which comes with a full breakdown of tasting notes uh, of each of the different types of coffees that they bring in. But they also give you a little cheat sheet on how to actually brew your coffee. We actually got in this month's pack, um, one of the brews from Ethiopia, um, which I'll admit sounds really, really sweet and nice. According to the tasting notes, we are popcorn flavor. And then we've also popped open this brew from Tanzania, uh, which we actually had for this episode as well. So thanks again, Batch Coffee Club. We love music, we love um, the, the kind of influences made on our lives. And if we can have a place where we can speak to new artists, um, like some of our guests that are gonna be coming on, um, and have a conversation about their music, their message, and be able to kind of help propagate that, the, the money side of things, it kind of comes second. But yeah. if when you look at artists nowadays, there are so many out there that are doing it for the money. For the money, for the fame. But that, that kind of takes away from the creative element. It, it removes their ability to be artistic. Yeah, agreed. So. Agreed, agreed. Like, you know, I was actually thinking today because I was listening to uh, Kurt and a friend who's actually one of my favorite artists who mm -hmm. I saw live, which was so sick, that sick gig. I was listening to him in a car, um, a new song, Good Friday. And I was just like, why do I like this guy so much? Mm. And I was like, it's actually because it sounds like he's having a conversation with me yeah. when he's rapping. Yeah. Like, you know, everything that he's saying, there's truth to it, there's meaning to it. Um, but it, most importantly, it just sounds like a conversation. Yeah. Like I can just listen to it and just be like, okay, I get that. That's, that's super rare nowadays, man. Like yeah. You don't. As you were saying earlier, like there's so many rappers out there that'll just rap about drugs and girls and alcohol, whatever it is, partying. Yeah. But people like Coda the Friend, J. Cole, I think 
hands down, he is in my top five easy. 100%. Easy. Um, but there, I don't know, there are obviously a lot of really influential musicians out there and producers who have made some amazing music. Yeah. But then I feel like nowadays the bulk of the music that's coming out is all about taking drugs, which isn't relatable for a lot of people. Not for, yeah, not for a lot of people. For, but it's for a storytelling element. So. Yeah. No, but, and, and that, that, you know, that's really important because obviously with the, you know, with doing videography, the one thing that I find really important in terms of going with like good visuals is music. So when I'm editing wedding videos or wedding films, um, music is really important. Like mm. I need to find a song that matches the couple that's able to then enhance the story that I'm telling in those visuals. And it's not even just like the lyrics have to match them, yeah. but it's also about like what key is it written in? What's the BPM of it? Like I'm yeah. really going deep and I'm like trying to find like, okay, cool, that's an A flat. Right, is that really like the right tone to this event? You know, these guys are really, really happy and bouncy. So, mm. you know, what's the tempo that I want? Yeah. Like, and I think that's really, really important. Um, so like music is a great part of telling story. And I think like even just going back to like, way back then, you know, music was, um, it was, yeah, it was that conversation. Yeah. I remember when I was younger doing African drumming with the old djembes and learning that. And it was like, it was that conversation. Like, you know, before you start, there's this thing was like, and then you go in and you know, and it's like a call and response. And I think, yeah, like we're saying, you know, with some music that you hear these, like now, there's no response it's just calling it's just like yeah yeah cool 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 the but then how you how you able to respond to that because yeah. if you can't relate to it then yeah like obviously yeah, absolutely. I, I, i've been to the club like <laughs> but you know i don't go to the club that much but yeah. you know if we're talking about something that's happening it doesn't have to be political because i don't really follow politics but it's just got to be well, as you said, the storytelling, yeah. element, right? But it, it's it's a gift. I feel. I mean, I'm I'm by no means um, musical in that sense. Like I I could never really write lyrics or anything like that. But I've really l come to learn to appreciate them and the story that some artists can tell. Um, but it's it's truly a gift, man. And I yeah, think sure. pairing that with the ability to actually perform on stage, connect with the audience, it makes a huge difference to how so, big you get. So different. Um, I mean. Drake, obviously, he's he's huge. He's got a humongous following. He's been very consistent. Yep. I do think he is one of those artists that is properly rated. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say he's under or overrated, but I think for the consistency, that kind of puts him at another level. But mm -hmm. for someone like him that has such a huge stage, like everyone knows who he is, what about the other artists that have the ability to as you were saying tell a story because yeah. i think drake and some some of his songs have kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit and maybe that's a bit of a hot take who knows um but there are so many musicians out there that i feel deserve a bigger platform oh for sure but that comes down to um being signed oh yeah right? and that's a, probably a different story for a, a, another episode but that comes yeah. down to being signed you know like when you get signed to a label, the same way where you get signed to the man or you get signed to anything and you end up having a, a, comp a management company or a company managing you yeah. and your art and your craft, like things change, you know? Well, you because get everything at the end of the day, everything handled yeah. for you, or even like, you know, 
you have to make money. You have to pay mm. them, right? You have to, they, they have quotas, they have KPIs yeah. that they need to hit. So you have to create songs, bring songs out. And, you know, from, from what I've heard and seen, like some of these processes, it, it takes some time. People sit on it. People take time to ponder on a song. Some, uh, you know, for singers, it, it could come down to like specific moments. It, it was quite funny because um, I was trying to find a song. I think I was trying to find a song for a reel. Mm. And I was like, oh, I really like this artist. Um, and I want to use one of their songs for the reel. Went through later enough their whole album. And the whole album was like all heartbreak. Hmm. And I was just like, oh, man, like, don't they have any happy songs? And then Sophia was like, yeah, but, you know, that's probably where they were in their life. They'll probably come out with some other songs, but that's yeah. where they were at in their life. And and it's true. You can't rush that. You can't yeah. force people to create a song about heartbreak mm. or about happy stuff or about something that's... You can't force it. It comes from a different place. A different place. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I think I would really like about what we're doing is that not everyone that we'll have as guests are going to be signed. Mm. And I think... To be honest, being signed ain't the way to go. I feel like a lot of them lose their creative freedom because I, I think some of the biggest shames is when you get an artist who is so gifted, their ability to write lyrics, their ability to have the freedom to produce their own sound, their beats, whatever. The minute they get signed, that gets taken away from them. It's gone, yeah. Um, and then they get given, obviously not all musicians are like this, but you'll get some that are um that aren't even writing their own music anymore yeah um, but I, I suppose that's the, that's kind of how the industry works you get you get singers you get songwriters and you will yep. get kind of 360 artists who will do everything it's that thing of finding out like why why are they doing it mm. is it uh, is it because you want to become a performer mm. is it because you really love music and you love the craft of it yeah. and you love the creativity and you love it as an art um, it was a Dire of a CEO podcast, and it had um, Dame Dash on. Yeah. on um, he, I think, he said it pretty clearly. He said it. He, he said it. It was. It was very straight out, straightforward about the whole label thing, the, the whole thing about the art side of it and creating art. Um, totally agree with that. So I, I, re I truly respect any artist that is not striving to become signed, but is striving to, yeah, to 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 go all go all out and. Kind of like an organic trying to yeah yeah, yeah. Tr transition is the word yeah hundred percent yeah look I I think everything obviously we we kind of relate on this on a on a on a different level and I think to to sit down with with future guests is going to be super exciting yeah um, I know for a fact that the next episode that we're going to be putting out is going to be a really cool one so, um, so sick. you're not just going to be here stuck with us speaking into the into the camera um, nope. so we do have a special guest coming up um, in our next episode who is going to be here to speak to us about about their message um, speak to us about um, the music that they're putting out the future sound that they're looking to achieve and also give us a bit of a performance um, so we're looking forward to that we've obviously got some big plans um, i know that we've got at least five to six different artists lined up yeah um so yeah, it's gonna be good. Should be fun. Should be fun. I'm really looking forward to to what's to come for the podcast. Uh, we've obviously got some exciting conversations coming up. Jamie and I are super super excited for 2023 as well. Yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you guys for listening in. Um, but yeah, if you like what you saw, drop us a like, subscribe, comment subscribe. down below. Um, if there are any artists that you have seen yourself, uh, we'd love to hear them. 
um, and hopefully we can maybe get them on the cast as well. So yeah, take it easy, guys. Thank you.